Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company this Thursday afternoon. We kick off the PM always here on Ausbiz with the call. Ten stocks suggested by you, put to two of our experts on the panel. And today we have Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Henry, how are you, sir? Good, thanks, David. Well, surviving all the earnings season? I wish they'd come a little bit more spaced out. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a torrent, it's a deluge of earnings. It's crazy, yeah, it's crazy stuff. Yeah, crazy. Hard to take it all in. We'll it cover, is. A, cover a few of those during yes. the 10 stocks today. Yep. And uh, also from uh, Canberra, Claude Walker from Rich Life. Claude, welcome to you. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, good. What have you been watching today? What's uh, piqued your interest amongst the earnings? Well, my largest shareholding, ProMedicus, which has been a massive winner over the years, is down about 7.5% today, having reported their results, which were impacted quite a lot by uh, the deferral of elective surgery in uh, the US, in California in particular. So I'm looking, that for, looking at that for an opportunity to buy if it gets down low enough and, and I'm, it might get there. Oh, okay. What what uh, price target do you have on it? Uh, that's actually something I'm still working on today. But I think a few years ago, I said $15. I actually hit that during the March sell-off when I bought some. But now I'd say a bit higher. It's signed some big contracts there. I'm probably looking above the $20 mark. I haven't quite figured it out yet. Right. Okay. All right. Interesting one. All right. Uh, before we get into your 10 stocks, I always choose a stock of the day, a one that has reported, uh, Domino's Pizza. Um, reporting a near 20% pop in full-year net profits. Uh, yesterday, as COVID-related lockdown saw customers flock to delivery, um, Chief Executive Don Mahaja um, telling Osbiz he's taking a longer-term view of the pandemic, which helps the company invest better in the future. Have a we, we take a perspective that we're, and, and we don't know, but we, we take a perspective that COVID will be with us for at least 18 months to 36 months. Um, that helps us think around making longer term decisions, you know, building the sort of software we're, we're building. If it was only for six months, you may not invest. Um, but by taking a longer process, you know, we're doing a better quality of that execution. Yeah, full-year earnings, uh, though, did take an over uh, $14 million hitting costs incurred for cleaning and supporting struggling franchisees in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, costs, he says, he wouldn't hesitate to incur again if necessary. We're living with COVID. Look at, look at Melbourne, look at New Zealand, look at Belgium. In fact, all of our uh, countries, the nine countries we operate in, all have rising COVID cases. 
So we take the perspective that there's still a chance of um, there could be store closures for a period of time. There could be at least lockdowns and deep lockdowns, which could put some um, headwinds in a short period of time. And in those moments, we wouldn't hesitate to remove fear and support. We probably don't need to be as generous now that we've learned, but we would support if required. Uh, Don speaking on Ausbiz a bit earlier this morning. Uh, some sort of trophy cabinet he's got behind him too. <laughs> Jeez, in the study. Uh, let's take a look at the share price up uh, um, over $85 on the back of the earnings. Um, Henry Jennings, um, what do you think of the result? And also Domino as a stock in this environment. It's Don. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, who would have thought that in a, in a pandemic when we're all locked in at home, yeah. pizza would be high on our list yeah. of uh, priorities. It's, it was a very good result. And as usual, Don was very uh, optimistic about the outlook. This certainly, uh, he plays the optimist card very well. And he's planning. I was kind of surprised about the length of time he's planning for for, for COVID. It was yeah. sort of two to three years, which hmm. let's hope not. But um, anyway, it's, uh, it was a good result. Japan finally has discovered pizza. Yep. which is good because it's been a bit of a struggle for them for some time. So yep. it, it was a pretty good result. It's not the cheapest stock in the world. No. <laughs> um, but um, you, you kind of think momentum at the moment is, is taking things through. Right. Um, if we continue to see lockdowns and even second waves around the world, especially in, of course, dominoes, jurisdictions like Japan, in Europe as well and here, then you would imagine that it's going to continue to do okay. Right. Um, you could easily see this with, with the wind behind it, 100 bucks. I mean, there's... It's only $14 away. It's, yep, it's, it's a yep. couple of days movement in this stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and he's very good at uh, spruiking the company. And it has been a, a great success story, I guess. And there's also a lot of shorts out there as well. It's sort of one of those companies that, uh, that sort right. of polarized people. He tried to sell it as a tech company. Yeah. Um, you know, this technological platform that they have with, yeah. with the drivers and the apps, etc. And the franchisees. And yeah. the franchisees. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it, it flogs pizza and pizza, <laughs> pizza's popular at the moment. And it flogs franchises and, and yep. people are, you know, we've got a lot of people out of work and people are looking for other things yep. to do and they've got lump Buy themselves sums, a job. Buy, yep. buy themselves a job. So yep. I think, you know, the outlook's pretty good. For at them. 85 bucks, would you be a buyer? Oh, God. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's not cheap. Um, the risk reward is probably going against you somewhat right. because you are joining the pizza party somewhat late. Yeah. But uh, having said that, it's definitely a hold. And if you did yep. see any weakness and the dough started to uh, uh, boom, to, boom. To, yep. uh, to fall out of it a little bit, then you could probably, yep. if, if you picked it up in you know, the high 70s, you probably yep. did pretty well. Claude, what do you think of Domino's? I think it's a great choice of stock of the day because there's a lot to dissect, uh, especially at the moment. Um, one thing I've been thinking a lot, a lot about is whether it's a, uh, a permanent beneficiary of this sort of social distancing thing that's happening or if it's just a temp more temporary uh, beneficiary. And I have to say, I'd probably put it in the category of temporary beneficiary. Uh, my thinking here is that basically that Domino's was like really well prepared for online um, going into all of this. Uh, I think everybody knows that Domino's has a great delivery system previously and, and the digital sales were up 20% in this result. And so what I, the way I'm looking at it right now, every local pizza shop and indeed other takeaway places have had to double click, if you like, into the delivery model. And I think that there's certain risk that as time goes by, all of these other shops will actually get better at doing delivery mm. and provide more competition to Domino's there. And so, so that's one thing I've been thinking about regarding Domino's. The other thing is I think that they're starting to see that they do quite well if they try to treat their uh, franchisees 
better. And I think that we saw the CEO emphasizing that in the most recent results. And, you know, I applaud them for that. And I think that they'll do better as a result long term with that kind of attitude. So overall, I do actually think that, you know, this is a decent company to own, although it's just a bit too expensive for me because I'm worried that the uplift that they're getting now may not be permanent. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, a uh, good analysis there of, uh, of Domino. Let's get to, stuck into uh, your stocks and the first of the 10. Um, Claude suggested by Peter Nearmap, um, the imaging technology company. Uh, their results, 25% increase in revenue to uh, $96 million. Despite that, still posted a $36 million loss over the, over the period. Did highlight that the first seven weeks of the year saw similar growth to uh, this time last year. Um, although, uh, and they're still expecting a break-even cash flow in 2021. Uh, what's your view on Nearmap? Yeah, this is a really great one to talk about as well. And it's a stock that I followed for many years. I think I first bought it when I was around 40 cents years ago. But full disclosure, I sold out at an average price of about $1.60. So I left plenty on the table. Uh, Now, they just put out their results yesterday, as you were saying. And one thing that I wanted to call out uh, is that despite investing a large amount in growing their sales and marketing, the rate at which they are growing their annualized contract value is actually going down. Now, I actually tweeted a graph of this um, just this morning so I could make reference to it. It's still good and it's still improving. So it's still a growth stock, absolutely. But growth is no longer accelerating. And that's not what I'd really expect to see when they're pushing more and more money into actual growth. Uh, So I think that their stated plan of moving to break even is the right thing for them to do now. But... Uh, you know, as they said, they're break even in June, but I'm wondering, look, is June a really good month for them because it's the end of financial year? And so maybe they're going to go back into burning cash for the rest of the year. And it's a little bit uncertain on whether they really will hit break even in 2021. My view is that if these guys do actually hit cash flow break even and, and preferably profit break even as well, then they're probably pretty reasonably priced. And maybe there's even a bit of upside there. My cons- and, and, and there's a lot of upside if they can re-accelerate that growth without pushing up costs. The problem is they haven't been able to do that for the last couple of years. So that's why I'm a bit cautious. It's trading, trading about 10 times um, ACV, which is sort of equivalent to annualized recurring revenue, not quite the same. But um, yeah, for me, it, I'm just wait and see on this one. But look, there's definitely a price at which I would I would want to buy this. And I definitely think that they've got the right strategy to actually prioritize break even. The moment these guys get break even, they say we don't need to raise any more capital. I think that that's probably won't be too late to buy if the growth's still okay. there. All right. Henry, what do you think of Nearman? Its share price has been all, all over the place too, hasn't it? It's, it's been a very volatile one. I, very. You know, it's, uh, it's been all over the place. It got down to 90 cents during uh, the COVID wow. crash back in March. So um, it's doing all right. I mean, yesterday the results came out and I think the stock dropped around 10%. So yep. obviously the market was voting with its feet a little bit. And, and as Claude says, some of that um, that revenue isn't really accelerating as fast as some people would like. And the churn rate still uh, of big customers dropping out is a little bit of a concern. And I guess the other concern is maybe that the competitors are catching up a little bit. Um, I'm not... I'm not overly impressed uh, with this one just at these kind of levels. I think I'd be happy to stand aside at the moment, as Claude says. It, it's one of those sort of tech stocks that has been caught up in the, in the big rally. 
And of yeah. course, it is a great platform stock. If they can continue to roll out their imaging in the US as, as they have yeah. done, then there's, there's clearly some benefits. But for me, at these kind of prices, it's kind of lofty. Yeah, I really. And they've would. got a competitor too, haven't well, they? Well, interestingly, uh, Bevan Slattery recently uh, invested in a thing called Three DP. That's right. Which is the, kind of the next gen yeah. of, uh, of of geospatial imaging and, and analyzing using yeah. AI and, and data analytics. I mean, there's all those buzzwords in there, uh, and they've done phenomenally well. Yeah. Um, so mainly because of his fairy dust getting mainly involved. Mainly because <laughs> of his fairy dust, and he has sprinkled a bit of fairy dust yeah. recently. Yeah. Um, you know, he sold down some Megaport, which we'll yes. talk about later but he's been yeah. sprinkling that fairy dust in a number of areas. IHR was another one yes. that he sprinkled some fairy dust in and they went absolutely nuts as well. So the guy's got the Midas touch at the moment. Um, for me, Nearmap is at best a hold, yep. uh, only because it's a tech stock and, and we still you know, we still tend to like tech stocks in Australia. And yep. we, don't, we do have a kind of a, a bit of a, um, a drought of decent tech stocks, but yep. you know, we really haven't seen that, that revenue drop through and it costs a lot of money marketing and, we, and we're seeing that with, uh, with Nearmap to get your product out there, to build that sales force, to, uh, to get that intro into the US. It's not a cheap exercise. No. And that's, I think, has been the problem. Okay. And that churn is a little worrying. So I'd go with Claude on this one. If it dropped yep. back to sort of two bucks, I'd get interested again. And it looked like it was going to yesterday. It's bounced a little bit today. Yep. But um, I think that may be sort of a okay. short term, All right. uh, short covering. There you go, Peter. Good analysis there of Nearmap. Uh, our next stock, Irfan um, has uh, asked for a view on Tassel Group, the uh, the big Tasmanian-based salmon farming company, been around for a long, long time, um, is the largest producer of Tasmanian-grown Atlantic salmon, supplying salmon all around the world. Uh, what do you think of it, Henry? It's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, the, the product's you, you great. You class it agricultural stock. Yeah, it? and agricultural stocks are really tough. There's too many moving parts. Um, they've had issues in the past with uh, contamination, uh, issues in the past with uh, with also environmental issues down in Tasmania. It's certainly you know one of the best kind of products out there yeah. in, in its space, and they're diversifying into prawns. Um, but for me, this is a sort of a sideways swimming stock <laughs> at the moment, and and it's really hard to get excited about. Plus, of course. You have this tit for tat going on with uh, with China, which is one of its big export. Which markets, is one of its big markets. You know, we've seen how devastating that can be for uh, Treasury wine estates. Yep. Um, and and that's not a good thing, I don't think, for anybody at the moment exporting to uh, to Asia. Uh, there's certainly some risk there. So for me, I, I wouldn't say it's a sell because I, I think it's um, you know the results were pretty good as well. Yeah. But um, it's a kind of a weak hold, I reckon, mm. at the moment. Okay. Just, all right. Agri, agri stocks are just hard. They're hard. To agree. They're and hard. They, and so as many things can go wrong. Exactly right. Uh, which are, are, are beyond your control. Which are way beyond your you control. Know, either politicians or, <laughs> or, or nature. Politics and nature. <laughs> very own force of nature. Yes. Um, Claude, what do you think? I think Henry's spot on when he says it's a sideways stock. Although probably for that reason, I'd, I'd sort of classify it as sideways at best and call it a sell. Now, the reason for that is that even though you've got an improved profit in the most recent half, you've also got cash flow that's gone that's gone down. And this is a company that needs cash to grow. So it constantly has to spend money to grow. It's expanding into prawns. It spent $30 million on prawns, salmon working capital, um, $37 million. And all the while, um, you know, they've got they've got fur seals uh, attacking their salmon pens. And in fact, have had to kill at least one um, fur seal 
uh, for supposedly putting a risk onto staff. So this is a company that I think originally... <laughs> so not only do you have politicians going after you, but you, you have First sales. Hills eating your flaming product. Yeah, exactly. So basically, like, at the moment, salmon, and rightly so, is considered, you know, it's a sustainable meat because we're not uh, constantly having to fish those wild salmon. But on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of truth about this salmon farming that's less humane than some people would realise. And I think over time that will, like, gradually um, chip away at sales in places like Australia where we do eat a lot of salmon. It's delicious food, but I'm not quite sure how good that product really is. Okay. All right. Um, Imagine being the seal thinking... Geez, this is some buffet, this isn't is it, Christmas. to get in those? Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> All right, um, there you go, uh, Irfan. Thanks for that suggestion. Jordan, um, Claude has asked for a view on open pay. Yes, it's a buy now, pay later uh, stock. They say they're different to Afterpay because Afterpay has eight-week buyback in, in four payments. Open pay, they say, is a bit more flexible. You can sort of pay back over 18 months and reschedule payments uh, along the way, depending on your circumstances. Uh, Afterpay threw 80 bucks this morning, Claude. Blimey. Uh, Open pay and a lot of the other buy now, pay laters, hanging on to the coattails, aren't they? That's exactly right. And it's an absolutely hot space right now. You know, millennials, people my age, supposedly love them. Even people younger than me, the Gen Z, they, they love all this buy now, pay later stuff. I'm not sure it's so good for them, and I'm not sure... Um, how many are still going to really love this stuff in 10 years, but it's absolutely the hot space right now. A couple of points with OpenPay in particular, you know, this is definitely a, as you can see, it's just a recent listing and, you know, it's a hot stock as well. Lots of people jumping on there, talking about on Facebook groups, it's, you know, piling on. Um, I don't know how many of these people are actually doing any uh, actual financial analysis, but one point that I really would like to make is that this has 107 million shares on issue, including 26 million restricted shares on issue, which gives it a market cap of close to $400 million, about $395 million. If you're looking on your ComSec or your um, basic data provider, they will often exclude those restricted shares and make it look like a $300 million market cap. So if you are trying to sort of do relative price comparisons between OpenPay or some of the other buy now pay leaders such as Afterpay, which is the market leader, um, just keep that in mind that the real market cap is much higher. Now, um, for me, I, I don't play in this particular space. It's just I have no real affinity with this sort of short-term lending stuff. I don't think it adds super value long-term to society, which is what I'm looking for. Having said that, if I was going to buy a stock in this place, it would definitely be Afterpay because this is a multinational beer moth. And ultimately, I think that it's going to be a scale game and really most of the value, if there is value and profit to be made in this industry, which I think there probably is in the end of the day, it will accrue to the big winners and and that's hard to pay. Okay. All right. Henry? Um, Yeah, I I agree with Claude. I think, you know, we've seen uh, during the dot-com boom in the early 2000s that that there were lots of search engines around. There were lots of players in lots of spaces in search engines or whatever. And then you get one that sort of emerges from the pack and then becomes um, the behemoth of the, of the sector. And, and Afterpay has done that in the yep. buy now, pay later sector. I think these are buy now, pay smarter. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, it, it is a $400 million company. It's a kind of a wannabe. I yeah. guess from, from a, an investor's perspective, maybe there's a chance that someone will just say, you know what, this is an easy way 
to acquire a right. bunch of customers, some IT and a platform, mm. um, and, and okay. ratchet up our thing. But I think like a big retailer or something well, like that. Well, like a big retailer or maybe yeah. even one of the competitors. Just yeah. Because I think we're going to see some of this merging of, of some of the competitors yeah. to try and get strong enough to take on the big Because who have you got? You've got Afterpay, Zip, uh, so Sezzle. which is a US copycat of yeah. Afterpay. Yeah. Um, Open pay is only in yeah. uh, New Zealand, Australia, and UK, so yeah. it hasn't got that US yeah. uh, leg to it as yet. Um, but I think you know when you go to the checkout and you see, you don't see ten providers there. No, you see two. You, usually it's Zip Money or, or Zip, some sort of Zip product, yeah. and the other one is uh, is Afterpay, of course. Yeah. Um, and there are two emerging, and, and there were you know clearly there's a leader in Afterpay, extraordinary yeah. um, rise again today. So. Um, this is a wannabe. Maybe there's some corporate appeal to it, um, but I think at the end of the day, the small guys that are trying hard will probably get squeezed out a little bit. I mean, the, the numbers aren't bad, yeah. but it is a $400 million company jumping on the coattails. Yeah. And there's a few others out there that fall into that basket. Flexi, of course, has yeah. got their hum product, which That's really right. hasn't set the world alight. And then Latitude got into it. Latitude yeah. got into it. And of course, then you've got Combank with their shareholding and Klarna, yeah. which is the big Swedish uh, unlisted yeah. European player in the space. There's a lot of people playing in that space. Yeah. Um, and it is a very popular product, especially with millennials who really are, are looking to get rid of credit cards. Yeah. And this, this does that job for them because, you know, with a credit card, you, mm. you get that interest-free payment period yep. but then you you don't pay it back you get that residual and it builds up and it builds up with yep. this the great thing about buy now pay later is there is a finite life to it once yep. you've done your your eight payments or your four payments or however many payments that you're doing that's it there's yep. nothing else um, so you don't have this sort of rolling uh, balance that you're paying 24 percent on yep. um, and so and oldies usually say to the kids isn't that just an electronic version of lay-by and it is, but you know, but you great know, what, idea. But you know what? Great the, idea. the simple ideas oh, are the Spangles. best. You look at, you look at, you know, great. Um, with uh, even look at Fortescue. Yeah. Simple. Dig up dirt, sell it to China. Yeah. Afterpay. It's they haven't really deviated from their product. They haven't embraced which is new, the attraction. Which is the attraction. It's a simple yeah. story. It's a simple product to use as well. You you click the button, and it's a very simple process. Yeah. Even with Zip, I, I've used Zip to buy something as an experiment, and it was a much harder process mm. in terms of credit checks and all this sort of stuff right um, and now these guys have got so big that i think all that legislation and, and the, the problems about sort of um, uh, compliance and risk management and consumer laws they've yeah. kind of gone through that it's a bit like uber yeah. Yeah, what yeah. uber did to the taxi industry yeah um yeah, they, yeah. they just, just kept on going yep. just disrupted Absolutely. and everyone went oh okay we better fall into line yep so all right, Jordan, there you go. Probably after pay is the, uh, the preferred stock uh, if you're going to get into that buy now, pay later. Um, uh, Henry Richard has asked for a view on Adairs, the, the uh, retailer, mainly in bedding and homewares and sheets and all, all that sort of stuff. Well, one of the first um, retailers to report in this earnings season, and I think shocked everybody when they so clearly um, revealed how much they'd earned out of JobKeeper and everyone went, really? And went to their bottom line and they increased dividend and then Premier Investments came out and it was more. It was just extraordinary, is it? They've, they've all done quite well out of this. Yes. I guess the Dares have also done very well out of cocooning. Yeah. And this, you know, we want to, if we're, if we're going to be confined to home, we're going to make our home as, as comfortable yes. as humanly possible. This stock's been on an absolute tear for something yep. that is 
supposedly a boring, you know, you go to them, you buy <laughs> towels and you buy Manchester and linen and stuff. And, and it's been around for years. Yeah, and it's been around for years and it kind yeah. of looks a bit daggy. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the results were great uh, and the stock price has just taken off. I, I, it's a high price here, I've got to say. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these retailers have done extraordinary. You know, we thought retail was dead and it was really going to suffer, but there's been a, yeah. a mass migration to digital. Um, they've, they've kind of um, embraced the JobKeeper, if you like, which has really helped them too. So um, here, I guess, it's toppy. Yep. It's toppy, but it's been toppy before. It's, it's a hold for me. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if we saw the, uh, the COVID restrictions relax significantly, coming in the summer, we'd all be out on the beach and maybe buying beach towels again. Yeah. Uh, at least they've got that covered. So uh, yeah, it's a hold, but okay. uh, I think it's just a little bit, it's run a bit too hard for my liking. Uh, what do you think of Adair's Claude? Well, I'm pleased to report I uh, disagree slightly here. For me, this one is more or less a buy. I bought it at not much below current prices. And uh, the reasoning for this was that you've just seen extremely strong uh, online growth in the last three months, essentially. So these guys did 220% online growth in um, April, 150% in May, and 60% in June. On top of that, their Mocha uh, brand, which is aimed at children, is also doing extremely well. And ultimately, what you've got here is at, at, the, at the basic, at the end of the year, you've got over 100 million, call it 135 million in online sales, and a market cap of about 550 million. We're talking about full-time <coughs> sales. Temple and Webster, which as you'll know, David, was one that I mm -hmm. liked earlier on in the piece, that's trading on 5.3 times online sales and it doesn't have a profitable, um, you know, uh, real life or you know, mortar. physical yeah. store network. Yeah, so if you look at the comparative valuation, to me, Adairs looks really, really good and it just hasn't captured that imagination of the market and that excitement yet, I would say. I think as time goes on, we may see that it does capture mm. more excitement. And for that reason, I've got half a mind to buy more this afternoon, to be quite frank. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're seeing it as a new Temple of Webster? Maybe not as hot as that, but I definitely <laughs> think it could, it could go up to about, you know, another 25% from here at least. Wow. Okay. All right. So, uh, Richard, that's a big rap from, uh, from Claude, who has done well out of these uh, retail stocks and uh, particularly with an online focus. So big tick from uh, from Claude there. Um, in a sort of, <laughs> still a retailer, but different sort of space, uh, Claude, Leslie uh, wants a view on the reject shop, which uh, everyone's been to the discount variety store chain. Uh, you usually send your kids or grandkids there with their pocket money, it's great. Uh, annual sales, they've just reported as well. Um, Reject Shop has over 5,000 staff, would you believe? Um, annual sales up 3.5%, uh, net profit just over a million dollars. That's uh, after losing almost $17 million in the previous financial year. They've cut a lot of costs and, um, and reduced head office staff. So this is uh, a retailer that's gone through a fair bit of restructuring, Claude, as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the positive for this one, which is that it did great free cash flow and its cash balance is up to about 90 million. So that's looking much uh, safer than it has been in the past. But on the other hand, this has just been a completely volatile stock over the long term, which means that I would personally prefer avoid it, even excluding the massive impact of COVID, which this company is not well prepared for. In fact, 
I saw in their report, they said once the company's cost base reaches a sustainable level, it will be well placed to pursue longer term growth and will explore opportunities to grow its online presence. For me, it's just on the back foot. Um, it's not been in a position to, you know, really dive into that in the way Adairs or Temple or Wester or other retailers have really maximized online. Even Woolies, we've shouted them out before for doing a great job moving online. So basically for me, this is exactly the kind of retailer that I would not own. I would I would sell it and I'd much prefer own something like Adairs. And look, I'm not even a big retail investor. It's not even my favorite place to play. So I'm definitely not going to be investing in retailers that are not well mm. set up to maximize the online future. Okay. Henry, reject shop? I'd have to reject the reject shop. <laughs> uh, I must admit, I, I tend to agree with Claude. I mean, the, the, they've done really well out of hand sanitizers and cleaning products and, and yeah. basic household items. It's not a digital online business. This is a physical walk into the store and, and, and buy your cheap hand sanny and your cheap um, yeah, washing basket, or washing whatever. basket yeah. and all that sort of stuff yeah. to cope with COVID. It's had an almighty run. Yeah. Um, you know, the company's now in fix-up mode. They're talking about fixing the company up. I, I, I just don't see them being as um, digitally savvy as the rest of the sector at the moment. Right. So um, for me, you know, having run all this way, and they had a bit of a, a downturn yesterday and picked up a bit today, but they've run really hard. I'd be taking some profits here and putting it into something. Even Adairs, you know, as, yep. as Claude says, maybe that's got some upside. But uh, the reject shop for me, it, it, it's been based around hand sanitizer and cleaning products, basically, this, this big yep. run. How long that lasts, people will, you know, you can only buy so much of this, it's kind of the hoarding, um, the hoarding <laughs> and, effect. And it is amazing how long a bottle of hand sanitizer yeah, lasts. You, you don't need much. It lasts forever. It does it's, last forever. It's, it it's a bit, bit like the, the Angostura bitters that, yeah. you, that you have in your grog cabinet that lasts for 20 years. Yeah. yeah, and I guess there's so many people doing it as well. Yeah. And everywhere you go, it's on sale and it's 20% off and yeah. all this sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, for okay. me, it's just run too hard. I, I put it in the sell basket, right. this one. Okay, I know I'm reject shop. Let's just recap our first five stocks here on the call. We're at the halfway mark, uh, plus Domino's. Uh, Domino Pizza, a hold from both... Henry and Claude, uh, near map, um, a no or a hold at best. Uh, wait to see if um, if you can get it on a pullback. Uh, Tassel, the um, uh, the Atlantic Salmon um, Farming uh, Group in um, uh, in Tasmania. Uh, great if you're a seal, not as an investment from uh, from Claude. Maybe a hold from Henry. Uh, open pay, a no, if you're going to get into that really hot, high-risk, buy-now-pay-later sector, um, stick with the market leader with uh, with afterpay, according to Henry and Claude. Uh, Adair's a no from uh, Henry, a yes from Claude, who's been buying it yesterday and going to buy some more today. So he's good upside because of them, uh, the strength of their, their online offering, uh, which is only really in its infancy, and reject shop, a no. Um, here on the call, of course, we've uh, we've been tracking our own portfolio or the call index, I like to call it, since the 1st of July. All the stocks that get two ticks from our experts here or, or a buy from both of our experts, we've been putting in a bit of a portfolio and checking on it. So let's see how it's been performing. Um, over the last week, it's up just under 2% for the month, 5.5% since the start of Ju July, 8%. And, um, 
and taking a look at some of the companies that have been recently added to the portfolio. Um, in uh, August, um, Cochlear has been added, Accent, EML Payments, the Beta Shares Asia Technology Tigers, and Regis Resources. And um, so it's an interesting uh, group. You can check all of the stocks we have in the calls index by heading to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll be updating you every day here on the call on how it is tracking. Uh, just a quick programming note, we bring you the latest from the C-suite of Medibank. Uh, Craig Drummond, Chief Executive, is gonna take us through the company's full year report. That's from 1.30 right here on Ausbiz. Ausbiz chock-a-block full of uh, Chief Executives at the moment, all analyzing their latest results, and you'll see them all live here. All right, let's get into the uh, second five stocks. And um, uh, Henry, Objective Corporation has been suggested by David. They sell software products to governments around the world to improve uh, their processing and handling of documents. Um, I didn't know the founder still had a massive uh, holding in Objective uh, Corp. Tony Walls still owns 66% of it. Uh, on Tuesday, they announced their results, revenue up 13%. Um, and uh, recurring revenue now represents 75% of total revenue. Shares are up 82% since the start of the year. It's, it's been a great story. It's great incredible, results. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. And I've discovered RegTech. Ah, oh, regulatory tech. Regulatory tech. I yeah. didn't even know something existed. They just no. made an acquisition in that space. So that's yeah. a new one to add to the uh, yep. the fintech, the biotech. Now we've got reg, reg tech. tech. Yep. Uh, good old reg. Um, <laughs> the problem with this one is that the owner owns 66% of the thing. It's a billion right. dollar company. It's done extraordinarily yep. well. It's got plenty of cash. It's got great sales growth. It's got everything going for it, but it's just really illiquid. You can see the blocks at the start of the year, September last yep. year. That's usually an indication that it's a liquid, isn't it? Yeah. So around two dollars eighty-one, it's now five ninety-four, uh, ten ninety-four yep. rather. It, it's it's been extraordinary. It's been a great story, and the, the figures back it up. Yep. But it's just hard to get. So you look at it today: twelve thousand shares have traded today. Yeah. There's just no liquidity in the thing. It's not just the founder that's got a big even stake. as a billion-dollar stock. Only trades 12,000 shares. Well, wow. it, it's a very tightly held register. Yeah. You, look, you look through, it's not just the founder that's got a big shareholding, but it's, it's kind of the founder's mates. mates. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's. All the guys that backed in from the start. Yeah, it's tightly yeah. held, and, and that makes it pretty hard, but it's a good story. If, if you could buy it, you would, and you can in, in small size, but the danger is that, uh, you know, you push it up too high or, or whatever. Um, but it's, it's certainly a good story, but just liquidity is one of the issues with this one, even for a billion dollar company, as you say. Yep, okay. So. Uh, Claude, what do you think of Objective? Oh, well, I had a little chuckle there because um, as you might remember, David, this was actually a pretty big shareholding for me. And we've talked about this a few months yep. ago. And when the share price was lower than $6, uh, it, it got hit reasonably hard in the March sell-off. And I actually topped up. I already had a holding then. That's how come it became a bigger holding for me. And of course, now it has run up a fair bit. Um, I'll say this much. The highest price I ended up paying was about $7.50, which I did because they announced another strategic acquisition. So there are two growth drivers. And you guys have covered some of the good points and, and, the, and the insider ownership. So I won't go there again. But there are, there are two growth drivers here. You've got the organic growth and you've got the uh, sort of attack on strategic acquisition growth and be, and that's where that owner that insider ownership becomes so important 
because I really personally trust the CEO to do the right thing with those acquisitions and to be careful. I don't think they're going to do any silly acquisitions because they're trying to hit growth targets or stuff like that. They are truly trying to create long-term value, which is why it reminds me of ProMedicus and it's one of my big holdings. And basically, uh, right now, the only problem is the share price has run up quite high. It is trading at 17 times its recurring revenue. Now, don't forget, it's got some recurring revenue growth locked in as it transitions legacy contact uh, le legacy contracts to more recurring subscription style contracts. So that should continue to go up, but they're over 70% now. So that, that source of growth is running out. We may see growth start to slow down in the next few years. So does that mean the current price is a little bit too high? It's a little bit too punchy for me, but I still like it about 750. And, and for me, it's a hold at the moment. Okay, all right, a hold, but if you can buy it uh, at 750. So uh, really good suggestion. Thank you for that, David, for sending it through. Uh, Claude Chin has asked for a view on Hearts and Minds Investment. Now, this is a, a really interesting one, is that this is a listed investment company um, that invests in 25 to 30 Australian international stocks. Um, it donates the equivalent of 1.5% of the fund's NTA per annum to a whole series of charities. Um, it was started by Chris Cuff and a few mates, Chris from uh, Colonial First State started First State years ago um, and was one of the big uh, fund managers and sort of leading fund managers of the 90s as well. Um, what do you, I know you invest with an ethical bent as well and a, a really um, ethical strategic view. What do you think of Hearts and Minds Investments? Yeah, I'm really supportive of their mission. I think it's one of Chris Cuff's better initiatives. Uh, I also think that... Oh. I think, I think Claude's... ...all cap uh, runs out there. Yep. Um, and uh, basically, this... I think, as I've mentioned before, listed investing customer companies aren't for me, but amongst the universe of listed investing investment companies, I think this is a good one. Now, the question in my mind is whether you're actually just better off going with a low cost ETF, which I think you probably are, because even though they've chosen really well their fund managers, I'm not quite sure how much alpha you're going to get long term once you start um, putting together lots and lots of different people. Maybe you end up beating the market a little bit, but you know, it's sort of neither here nor there for me. Um, but I'm so I certainly uh, support the project, and I wouldn't discourage anybody from investing with them. Okay, Henry, um, I, I I like this one. Um, to me, some of these LICs are like the hot tub time machine, yeah. especially when the market gets um, erratic as it did in March and April, when you get these big falls uh, and people just sell out, and and the discount to the NTA of Hearts and Minds got too big way too big. It was trading at a very small discount before COVID and then it was 15-20%. Now, now when you look at their investments and you look at the people that are managing it and they were reporting pretty much every day. So you can see this big gap and as the market returns back to normal conditions that discount closes gradually back up and, yep. and transparency is a big thing in, in, in LICs. You want to see what they own uh, and so you can almost value it day by day, even if they don't. Yep. So if you know what they own. So for me, that discount was, was too big and we recommended uh, this one a long, long time ago right. uh, to close up that, that discount. Same with the long short fund, LSF, which yep. I still hold in the small cap portfolio for the same reason. 
Pre-COVID, they trade in a band of sort of, you know, five, 10% discount maybe. But during COVID, when all hell breaks loose and all rules go out the door, um, they get sold off and they get to an abnormally big discount. And as long as they're reporting on a daily basis, over time, the good ones tend to come back to where they were beforehand. So has that narrowed now? It has narrowed down. So now the post-tax NTA is $3.52. Right. So, which is where it is. Right. Okay. Uh, if you go pre-tax, it's three ninety-four. So right. it's still at a discount to, to the pre-tax number. But that discount has closed right up. So the opportunity there for me is no longer there because right. of that disparity. It is that time machine, and I wrote about it quite a lot in the, in the newsletter. In that, you know, the markets move big time, but the LICs that own some of the market have not moved yeah. um, because they haven't published their NTAs or they haven't updated the market for whatever reason. They're big discounts. Um, Thorny Tech is one. They own a lot of um, Afterpay. Oh, right. And, okay. the, and, and Alex has been uh, topping up the whole way through his director's yeah. shareholding. It's still trading at a big discount. Um, but the problem with that one is it's not as transparent. Right. Um, you don't really know what they own. You know so that Because Thorny, managed by Alex Waislitz, yeah. um, is uh, a practice investment vehicle yes that was, was that? That's yeah how it so it's still trading at quite a big discount and you yeah. know they've got some afterpay you know they've got some meso blast but ah. you don't know quite how many it's it's kind of a bit mm. too opaque which is why it trades at a bit too much for discount but with hearts and minds you know you get that weekly nta you get those investment yeah. updates long short fund do it every day as well so you can see you can track how they're performing uh, against the market to some extent. So they are kind of like a bit time machine. So you'd go into Thorny instead? Well, I, I've, I've got Thorny. Uh, right. I've, I've been a long-term holder of Thorny, hoping that that discount will ultimately uh, move uh, close up closer, close yep. up a bit. But it, it hasn't, mainly because of the opaque nature of it and, and because they don't um, they have a few unlisted okay. items in there as well. But Hearts and Minds, great concept, great, um, you know, it, it yeah. invests in the best of the ideas that come out of the conference, the Hearts and Minds yeah. conference run by the fund managers, you know, Caledonia, Magellan, yeah. Paradise, those sorts of guys. So you, you're invested with the smartest yeah. guys, but the opportunity now for that, that time machine, the hot tub time machine has kind of gone yeah. because the, it's now trading pretty close to where it yeah. should be. And, and distributed $4 million in donations. Yeah, in no, it's got, well, so Future it's Generation really, Fund nice. with Jeff Wilson's a, a similar yeah. kind of yeah. concept. The fund managers all donate their time uh, their nice. energy for nothing. The accountants, even the ASX waives its fees on That's future great. gen. So it, it, it's fantastic. It's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kim has asked for a view, Henry, on Sydney Airport. Oh. Uh, <laughs> if you want a company that's been absolutely uh, and a business that's been smashed, uh, yes, it um, owns Sydney Airport or, or leases it. Uh, they have their car rental, parking, ground services. Uh, retailing all thrown into it but problem is no one's flying it's a tough business being yeah. an airport at the moment oh. it is i mean they're in the middle of a capital raise two billion dollars yeah. uh, which is at a it's a it's not the normal uh, way they're doing it that these yeah. days it's it's not the placement and the spp which we've seen as the most popular model this is kind of like a rights issue yep. and you, all shareholders can participate i think it's one for five point one five or something at, at four fifty six from memory yep. so um there is this rights issue going on, two billion they're raising. It's, I guess it's just a question of how quickly we go back to flying. Yeah. You know, even in America, I guess, when, you, when you've got um, you know, an open policy in terms of uh, the economy at the moment, well, relatively open, now they're still 69, 70% below yeah. in traffic 
for their airlines. So they're just flying internally. And even that horrible, which you, you expected Qantas result today, um, this morning, Alan Joyce still saying, July. No, no international flights till July next year. Yeah, and you know that that's that's the problem. And the government's not letting in very many people. No, I think it's four hundred and fifty a week or something. It, it's crackers. Yeah, yeah. So um, Sydney Airport has a problem, and it is really about survival and, and hoping and, and coping with with the with the uh, the fact that there aren't any airplanes flying. Yeah. You drive past it, you know, it's a sad place. They're just sitting there on the tarmac, and yeah. there's you look up at the sky, and there's there's nothing happening. Mm. So it's it's a question of survival. If it is. As long as some people think, and, and, and Don uh, from uh, is good from uh, Domino's, we're talking two to three years. Yeah. Other people are taught far less and vaccines, etc. I just think there's easier stories at the moment. It, yep. It's going to be a sentiment stop. Once we, if we got a vaccine tomorrow, then it'll take off. Yep. Literally, I mean, it literally will take off because yep. everyone will go, oh, we're going to be back flying. But I'm not sure the reality is we're going to all jump back on aeroplanes yep. quite so soon. And, and where do you go? Mm. You know, we're seeing countries close down willy-nilly, you know, the UK, yeah. Spain, they had two days to get back from Spain, yeah. well, they were going to quarantine for two weeks at their own expense. Yeah. So um, it, it makes hard. it hard. It's just too hard at the yeah. moment. I'd prefer to go transurban. At least you can see, you know, car numbers will come back far quicker, yeah. I think, than that airplane. The tollway operator. Yeah. Uh, Claude, what do you think of Sydney Airport? Uh, well, I just can't believe uh, the level of optimism uh, required for shareholders to uh, be, be happy holding this one. It's definitely not for me. I don't have um, access to that sort of resourceful uh, hope that must be required. Uh, I think you guys have covered it fairly well, but it has major problems. And uh, if in the worst case scenario, you know, who knows what happens to these shares, but they could go down a long way from here. So if you're just looking at the risk versus reward, this is, a, as, as we've just said, a massive bet on, you know, the, the pandemic coming to an end sooner rather than later. And quite frankly, if, if and when this pandemic comes to an end, I won't need Sydney Airport shares to be absolutely ecstatic. But if it doesn't um, come to an end soon, then I don't, definitely don't want the big losses that will come with owning Sydney Airport shares. So, you know, for me, you, there's so much money that usually changes hands in an airport. All of this commerce in the shops when people are waiting, that are rent, there's the cars, as we've said. It just seems like a bad bet to me. Yep. And um, as a result, I'd absolutely avoid it. Yeah. Can't believe and, it's uh, still trading where it is. It, Henry said there are easier options out there. Yep. Um, do you think one of those easier options, uh, Claude, is Megaport, suggested by Blake? Um, now, this is um, a tech company. It describes itself as a leading global provider of elastic interconnection services. Now, I'm not sure what, <laughs> what that means, but it connects um, big companies and governments to technology providers like Google Cloud and Azure. Uh, it's reported in the last couple of days, share price went up 10% on one day at one stage on the back of them. Uh, increased revenue by 66%. Monthly recurring revenue increasing 57%. Uh, enabled data centres grew by 27%. Some, um, some pretty good numbers there, Claude. Yeah, definitely. It's got the growth there. I think um, I should also just... Small holding in Megaport. My problem with this company has been that it uh, is so expensive. So it has uh, an ARR of about 68 million from memory. So it's trading on over 30 times its ARR. And look, this isn't a high margin software company. It's losing millions of dollars per year at the moment. It's really early in its journey. Now, 
having looked into this, this is actually really hard to understand technology, what what's happening. But essentially, they've got um, these uh, software-defined networks that allows them to uh, more efficiently connect large companies, say, from their on-premises to their cloud, basically lowering the cost for that company to run its online world. And, and, and of course, so much more business is online these days. So it's anybody's guess how much of the overall market this technology can end up taking. But Megaport is a leader in this technology. And right now, the economics stack up, which is why you're seeing such good growth. And that growth could continue for a really long time. So it's a very difficult one to, to value. I've bought some shares in it just because I don't want to I don't want to let this story slip. Like this is an absolute uh, secular tailwind that is just charging right now in terms of the demand. And it could charge for very many years. It's a change in the way we do things. It's the closest we have on the ASX to companies like Fastly and Cloudflare over in the US, which I also both own. This is a great space to be in. And that's why it's trading at such a premium. I'm not sure anyone can really know if today's price is a good price or not. It's really just a thematic investment for me and one that I would jump on and definitely buy more on if it ever came down due to some temporary mishap. Okay. All right. So I like it, but not at these levels. Henry? I do um, own it though. So. Yep. And do own it. Yep. Yeah. I have to agree with Claude on this one. It looks good. It's in the right space, right thematic. Yeah. Um, it's, I guess people compare it to NextDC and that whole sort of yeah. cloud space because yep. without getting too technical because that's way above my pay grade. But um, <laughs> it did have a bit of a slippage recently because uh, one of the, uh, the men behind it, Bevan Slattery, yep. he did sell out uh, some of his holding. So that brought it back down to not earth, but middle earth maybe. Right. Um, and he's gone and invested into other things, which has done really well. Um, I, I think this one's going to kick again, to be honest, because okay. it's just back to where it was. Uh, before then, the results were good. It's a good thematic in this market. People are, are, are still crying out for these these sort of um, digital transformation stories. This and, and as Claude says, who knows what the future is going to yeah. look like um, when we've uh, when we come out or if okay. we continue with COVID. So um, I, I think this is one of the, the good stories in the market. Mm. But just um, try and use opportunities like when you get a major shareholder selling down some of his holdings right. to diversify his portfolio as a, as an opportunity to get in or a day when the Nasdaq craters 3% because Apple gets right. hit by something, you know, yeah, yeah. you get that sentiment uh, pullback. So um, it's run hard on the results. I'd imagine there'll be a few upgrades to come. Um, it's certainly a hold here. And if there was any weakness, it's, uh, it's very much a, a buy on any weakness. Okay, all right. And our final stock suggested by, uh, by Max is uh, Verus, which um, I hadn't, didn't know much of, about Verus, but it's our, our biggest surveying uh, business across the country. Um, it's been listed for quite a while, but is it sur surveying of properties and land holdings and things like that, Henry? Yeah, it's it, it's another one of these ones that's really liquid, very small market. I think it's got $15 million market cap. Oh, um, it, it's tiny. in a, it's a great space. It's, it's kind of a penny dreadful, yeah. 3.8 cents. There's not even a trade today. So yeah. um, it's, it's hard to, to make any comments on these to yep. be honest, because they are so small. There's very little research out there. It's not one that I've come across yep. before. Maybe we've got RegTech and now we've got uh, <laughs> StruckTech, <laughs> SurveyTech. So um, clearly they're good at what they do. They've been around a long time, but it's, uh, yeah. you know, it took a big hit from, uh, from the COVID crash. Um, it's finding its way back, but it so just doesn't, it's a, doesn't it's trade. One, it's one of these companies that you, you almost think, 
yes, it's a great private company, why are you listed sort it, of thing? Yeah, well, there must have been a rationale for it to list yeah. at some stage, and usually that's to give it some sort of, um, you know, to give it the clout and be able to open doors. You know, yeah. we're an ASS-listed yeah. company. Um, but really and truly, it is one of those stocks that you think, guys, you'd be yeah. much better off as a private company yeah. without the scrutiny, without people yeah. messing about and the, the share price and the yeah. expense. Claude, so, yeah. what do you think of Veris? Yeah, look, it's an avoid for me. Uh, I do see why the question would be asked, though. We did see some director buying in this one in June, and sometimes that can be a real opportunity in these tiny little stocks. However, the problem is, is this is such a cyclical business that you're always going to be at a massive disadvantage if you're the little retail shareholder that doesn't really know what's going on in the business. And it's so small, it, it's probably listed partly so it can have, it have access to capital if it needs it. And basically that chart shows that it's been destroying value long term. So putting that all together, you know, a difficult business and there's the Buffett quote saying, you know, if you've got a difficult business, then even great management are going to struggle. And um, on top of that, it's been destroying value long term. So it's just I just avoid it. Yep. OK. All right. That's our uh, final stock of the 10 for the call today. Just to recap those final five. Objective Corporation. Yes, very illiquid. Uh, good company. Uh, if you can buy it around 750, uh, maybe have a look at it, but um, understand that it doesn't trade much. Uh, Hearts and Minds, a uh, listed investment company, um, isn't trading at a huge discount to its NTA anymore, so it's a no from both Henry and Claude. Henry suggesting if you want an alternative, maybe Thorny Investments is an option. Uh, Sydney Airport, just too hard. The headwinds <laughs> ahead of that. Um, are ridiculous. Uh, Megaport, uh, another good business, great thematic, certainly a hold and uh, buy on a pullback and Verus uh, just too small and a liquid, sort of, if you like, not, not investment quality for, for normal investors. So uh, that's our 10 stocks for the day. Uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus today, good to see you. Nice to Don't see you. Don't forget, go to the website if you want to sign up for uh, Henry's newsletter always full of great information. And of course, uh, Claude Walker from A Rich Life. Uh, follow him on uh, on Twitter. It's always very amusing and very opinionated, I find. Uh, and get, go and visit the website for uh, for great information and the, uh, the newsletter there. Claude, good to see you, mate. Thanks, David. All right. Good to have uh, both the team on today. Look, just before we head to a very short break, get the latest from uh, our team straight to your inbox. Sign up for COB. That's the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance startups. Subscribe at osbiz.co slash join. We'll have it in your inbox by 5.30 p.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday, everything there. Uh, Make sure you join us later this afternoon. We go live to Perth and speak with Wes Farmers, MD Rob Scott, on the back of those full year results. That's right here on Osbiz, 4 p.m. Eastern. You do not want to miss that. That's it from me. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Stay tuned to Ausbiz here and uh, we'll be back after a short break. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.